What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Coaches Don't Play. We are here today on the podcast. I've read through on the podcast today. I always, uh, I feel like every podcast I do, I'm always like, yo, Grivian, so I was talking to Ritu, and Ritu was telling me. <laughs> this is I'm it. here to speak for myself. <laughs> yeah. No more misinformation. No more misinformation. <laughs> about evolution and hair. <laughs> you know, call out, Grivian, you're getting called out. Ritu was like, that thing that Grivian said about having more hair is more attractive is completely false. <laughs> we actually lost hair as evolution continued. We evolved from apes but uh so um on this week's episode obviously you guys everyone is well aware of what's happening right now in the united states um with the murder of george floyd and black lives matter we all know what's going on but i think a lot of people don't understand why it's happening mm-hmm. and why it's got like how it's gotten to this point how how they've gotten to this point and i think it's really important at first i'm not gonna lie i hesitated to talk about this and to even make a post about this because i was like i don't want people to be like oh this chick doesn't know what she's talking about yeah and you you feel like it's not your place it's not my place yep Mm -hmm. yesterday you you or not yesterday sorry a couple days ago you you made a good point by saying just because you don't know everything about the situation doesn't mean that you shouldn't speak out. Right. Yeah. You know? And then I, I came to the realization that this isn't something that people should be like taking sides on. It's not. It's, it's not, not a controversial thing. It's not something that we need to get more information on. It's clear. It's there's no new information. There's no new like ideas. It's the same thing that racism is not sorry racism is wrong Mm -hmm. there's no new information there's no new real learning that needs to be done on the core concept of this movement which is racism is wrong right and and that racism is happening oh yeah and that it's not fixed it's not gone it's not yeah that cops are all good people so that they're not practicing it like racism is embedded in our society yeah and i've just now since this has started been really like reading up on it looking into it watching things following like activists that have been doing this for years and decades and stuff and i've learned so much in just the short amount of time that i have been like like reading up about it and i feel like what i have learned so far it's my responsibility to like tell people about it right especially because all of my audience is like punjabi people right Mm -hmm. and we i feel like we can empathize on a certain level because you know, we hear stories from our parents about like the struggles that they went through and what's happening in Punjab right now. I really want to focus on like Black Lives Matter because the the whole world is crying for them right now. And we really need to like listen and understand why, why it has gotten to this point and how it has gotten to this point. And so I'm going to take this episode. And if you're one of the people that is going to unfollow me because I'm talking about this, suck 17 dicks i don't fucking care i'm gonna talk about it and please unfollow me and don't ever fucking listen to a podcast episode ever again or take this opportunity and continue listening (laughs) and uh (laughs) maybe you can learn something so even if you feel like why is she talking about this this isn't relevant to her it's not relevant kind of all those beliefs like just shut the fuck up for no please be (laughs) quiet for a second. second and just listen to like take it in 
take some i think if anything what i've learned over the past few days is Mm -hmm. it is a hundred percent our responsibility to Mm -hmm. learn about it we should we benefit from it Mm -hmm. we should be on their side when they're yeah the people are dying Mm -hmm. like people are dying you listen to their music right you take elements of their culture when you like dress you know you wear hair extensions weaves mm-hmm. like these kind of things this all stems from black culture right and just because and like that thing that's been going around people are saying it over and over it's not enough to be not racist anymore yeah not no, no. not even anymore it never was it never was just because you're not you don't have hate in your heart doesn't mean you can just stand by and mm-hmm. let all of this continue happening yeah. i think we all have some kind of role to play it's just figuring out what that is for you yeah exactly 100 percent facts on facts on facts <laughs> so listen it's, it's before so you go fuck off okay <laughs> so funny <laughs> that's the difference and i take full responsibility like i like if i'm s- sitting here and i'm telling people to like listen to me or like like or like learn and stuff i need to stop coming from like a place that's like what the fuck are you doing blah, blah, blah. See, and we were because, talking about this yeah yesterday. because this like, hate like this like that energy that i just like put out there right now that needs to be checked on my on but it's hard. It's my, hard it's when so it comes to, to sensitive topics. Because like the, if someone has, you know, we said there's no right and wrong. That's yeah. obvious to people like us. And we're so good at talking to people who agree with us. Yeah. It's so nice to talk to someone who's like, yeah, and this is how I understood it. And you learn more yeah. and you're agreeing with them and you feel, you know, like yeah. people understand you're connecting with people. That's what we all crave. We all mm-hmm. crave connection. We all crave and it's easier. people to kind of um, like agree with what we're saying. Mm-hmm. But if someone comes up to you about something that in your mind is so not controversial mm-hmm. and they tell you that they disagree with you immediately you want to shut down and be like yeah fuck off fuck off yeah you're wrong i don't want to talk to you mm-hmm. and wh- like what are we changing in yeah. that way um i think it's a really good thing to talk about the history of what is ha- that led to like this point right now because yep. it, it has never been a clean slate for the black people in america and it never will be a clean slate there. We're dealing with what we're dealing with right now because of what's happened in the past. So to understand why they're so upset and why they're like, and why this is needed right now. Yeah. Why this is needed right now and why we should all give a fuck. This is why. So I'm just going to kind of go into like, just the kind of like history, like surface level, like as much as I've learned so far. So the other day I was on the Instagram page, Calgary events and, uh, (laughs) I was on this rampage Calgary events and, um, you know, on Monday, Calgary had the first pr- protest for Black Lives Matter, which I went to for um, a bit. And a lot of people online were like saying, oh, why are we protesting in Canada? This is not happening in Canada. It's their issue, this and that, blah, blah, blah. Right. And there's a guy who commented on the post who, by the way, is like this, like, you know, looks like a big white guy from his like profile picture whose Instagram handle is at punchy mick puncherson <laughs> and he he comments going why are people protesting in canada people are so quick to jump behind the fad movements don't even check out george floyd as a bad don't even check out Vlad, uh, george floyd has a bad rap sheet robbed and beat a woman charged with assault with a weapon wasn't a good guy doesn't mean the cop was either but this whole thing is dumb as shit okay you think the cop so did a I, whole evaluation before yeah. he did what the fuck he, he did? did? Yeah. Like, okay, and this is, so, so this is my response to Punchy. Um, I also told Punchy to tune into this week's podcast because I will be having a direct response to this question. <laughs> but, um, so 
so punchy i think it's really important for you to maybe learn about (laughs) I, i i think it's really important for punchy to understand that this movement and this these people protesting is not only because of this one isolated incident Mm -hmm. this is not just about this one cop this is about hundreds of years of oppression the black people in america have had to face from the government and people in authority okay and you can't sit there as a white man and say oh why do people in canada care why you know the cop yeah the cop's not good but this guy's not that great either and blah 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 blah. just because you don't have to worry when a cop drives drives by you doesn't mean it's not a problem right exactly and unless you can give a foolproof like give us a document of exactly what we should do yeah how do we undo the oppression how do we change the whole fucking system without a social movement like this yeah if you can't provide an alternative, don't sit there and bash people for doing something. Yeah. And doing the thing that has historically made change. Yeah. 100%. Okay. Also, yes, protesting is the only thing that has led to real change. Ever. Ever. In, in any history. Field. Go back in history. Yeah. Malcolm X, MLK. So th- there's just so many things to unpack here with Punchy, but we'll start with the history of... um why like what this movement is actually about because clearly he thinks that people are protesting because this one incident because he did go into a second comment and say well the cop was arrested justice will be served Mm -hmm. okay punchy this is what people are protesting okay when black people were plucked off the shores of africa and brought to america they were brought as property Mm -hmm. okay not as people okay they were brought as property they were owned by white people and they were slaves right away they are dehumanized from the very beginning Mm -hmm. okay so what happened was in america the 13th amendment came about which was the 13th amendment to their constitution which basically said no one no american can be held as a slave Mm -hmm. okay so it granted freedom to every single american and it freed um millions of people Mm -hmm. okay millions of black people but the way that it was written in the american constitution said that yes you can't have slaves or no one can be a slave unless unless you're a criminal so that wording in the constitution was immediately abused um and it was it was like a loophole Mm because people said white people said that oh i can't have a slave unless that person is a criminal so what did they do then they started arresting black people in mass mm-hmm. like so then it turned into this system of convict leasing they call it where they just arrested black people for minor crimes mm-hmm. like loitering being homeless being on welfare begging these type of things people were arrested and for, only black people and only black people mm-hmm. and then because now that th- now they're arrested, they're a criminal. So, so now they're... It's another form of slavery. keeping them as a slave. Yeah. Right? So then they had to work. So what happened after the 13th Amendment came about is the economy essentially crashed in the South. Mm-hmm. Right? Because all these slaves now are freed. No one's working. They And, you know, they're not working for free. So you have to pay them. So, like, you know, like the economy's crashing. How are they going to rebuild? They need people. They need bodies. 
to work. So then they came up with another way to make them work, which was convict leasing. Yeah, which is another form of slavery. Then Jim Crow came. Mm-hmm. Okay, Jim Crow, for people who don't know, is um, the law. Jim Crow laws in the South were basically the segregation laws, mm-hmm. um, colored versus um, like different fa- drinking fountains, fa- fountains black, black people have sit in the back of the bus, bus like all keeping black like- kids and white kids in different schools, like that type. Mm-hmm. That's Jim Crow, right? So that immediately um, turned black citizens into second class people mm-hmm. right they're second class to white people um which enslaved them as well because they couldn't do anything yeah and you can even like think of the language associated with both so before they used words like the n-word when mm-hmm. during the slavery period mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to think of them not as people not as people when they became people who committed these minor crimes and they put them in jail they're instead criminals. of saying like this is a person who was loitering mm-hmm. this is a person who you know did a robbery it's like mm-hmm. this is a robber mm-hmm. as soon as you take the person who did the thing mm-hmm. away from it and you just label them as something mm-hmm. it's just another way of dehumanizing yeah. them yeah he's a druggie he's an addict mm-hmm. like you're not using person first language because you're not thinking of them as humans as and humans. that's like another way that yeah. they did it so they continued it they just put it like a different a, wording yeah. or whatever so that that's what was happening with like jim crow which you know led to the civil rights movement and as soon as Jim Crow got broken down, which was a result of the civil rights movement, in the 70s, what happened is this idea that, like this this thing that people now call mass incarceration started in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So every at every point that they've fought and freed themselves, the system reshapes itself to enslave them Keep again. Them suppressed, so yeah. it goes from slavery co- to convict leasing to Jim Crow to now mass incarceration. They just found a way to make yeah. it legal and continue and integrate it in the system. And it's so deep rooted that unless you sit there and you think about it, you may never like really know. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, well, no, they, they're all in jail because they committed crimes. Crimes, Yeah. But have you looked at what kind of crimes they're being arrested for? How long they're putting putting people in jail for? So, so these are just some facts, okay? So, okay, guys, the United States have has five percent of the world's population, okay? But it has twenty five percent of the world's prisoners. That means one in four people on planet Earth are in jail in the United States, okay? The prison population right now, I think, right now is at about two point three million. This mm-hmm. was these are facts from two thousand sixteen. But if anything, it's probably more now. And then you have to think about within that prison population, how many of those are black people? Yeah. And it it's not because those people are committing more crimes. It's because they're getting longer sentences. They can't yeah. afford bail. Like there's yeah. all these things so, that are. So in the 1970s, when mass incarceration, when that era started, Nixon was in office. OK, and Nixon is Republican. Who And during his campaigning and went while he was in office, he really pushed law and order, this war on crime, this and that, and we need to crack down on crime. And while the, he was saying these kind of things, like political and social movements were happening in the United States. OK, so that includes like Black Panthers, anti-war movements, gay liberation, women's liberation. All these things were happening during this time. And Nixon wanted to use the war on crime as a way to stop these movements. So Mm -hmm. going on TV and saying, 
we're gonna you know put people in jail and we're gonna do this and we're gonna put criminals in jail yeah we're gonna put criminals in jail okay so this is a key thing to understand here is we're gonna put criminals in jail and they don't go out on tv and say black people are criminals they don't go out and say that they just say we're gonna put criminals in jail and then they make laws that favor arresting black people right Mm -hmm. and then labeling them as criminals and then throwing them in jail and this is proof you guys this happened in the Knicks and and like this is not just people or like activists saying like people who worked in that era in high power admit it uh, yeah it was admitted and there's a direct quote from one of Nixon's advisors and he went on record and this is what he said this is a direct quote okay he goes the Nixon campaign in 1968 and the Nixon White House after that had two enemies the anti-war left and black people you understand what I'm saying We knew we couldn't make it illegal to be either against the war or black, but by getting the public to associate the hippies with marijuana and the blacks with heroin and then criminalizing both heavily, we could disrupt those communities. We could arrest their leaders, raid their homes, break up their meetings, and vilify them night after night on the evening news. Did we know we were lying about the drugs? Of course we did. This is coming from a gover a government advise like a government advisor. Mm-hmm. He was an advisor to Nixon. And this is how they use the public to um push their own agenda. Push their own agendas. And then okay, so this happened during like n- like Nixon's time like, you know, law and order, law and order. Also keep in mind that one day ago Trump tweeted in all caps locks law just and law and order. Yeah. So after Nixon reagan comes into power right no sorry nixon still is okay so he he in line with his war on crime he starts talking about the war on drugs Mm -hmm. okay so this is this in this era what happened was that they decided that instead of dealing with drug use and dependency as a health issue they're going to criminalize it Mm -hmm. and ritu has a masters in public health and this is a huge thing i know that you've talked about yeah before first of all it's not effective we, yeah. we know that harm reduction policies work better but how they've used it against the black community is insane yeah so so they they decide that in order to s- oppress the black community they're gonna criminalize drug use okay and that hundreds of thousands of people were sent to jail during this time for simple possession of marijuana and low level offenses okay and but the difference like the powder and the yeah so the powder and the crack thing is like so there was like so when cocaine came about right it came about in like a powder form and then a cheaper version of it came out on the streets called crack okay mostly people who had crack or use crack were people of color black people it brown was in people, those communities right? or neighborhoods it was kind of pushed into there yeah, and it was, it was available there. cheaper yeah than powder for cheaper so if you were in possession of crack the cheaper version you could be thrown away in jail for life mm-hmm. if you and had a small amount a small amount mm-hmm. if you were busted for powder cocaine a slap on the wrist and the p- officials that supported these policies are now going on record saying yeah we did it john k and they say like there should not have been that difference yeah there should yeah there should not have been that difference like you guys the shit that i was like i'm reading is just like fucking blowing my mind i'm just like getting so angry all over again okay so after nixon does puts this whole like law and order and the war on drugs and the war on crime and all this kind of shit right and his also like also keep in mind guys that they're 
consciously using fear in psychology when mm-hmm. they've searched like what helps people vote americans tend to vote when they're voting against something yeah rather than for something mm-hmm. it's not like politicians don't know that they yeah. and they know that they value things like authority mm-hmm. that's one of your like moral taste buds in mm-hmm. psychology they call it mm-hmm. so if they can appeal to those moral taste buds like look we're gonna have authority and we're gonna be against criminals yeah vote for us because we're against this mm-hmm people want to do it yeah and they're using these tactics and mm-hmm. they're using them now in protests mm-hmm. which we'll get to later but they know what they're doing and this is where systematic systematic like that comes yeah that word like comes every across. every level of government is designed in a way to oppress the black community in america you guys it's well thought out and it's controlled. It's syst- That's what it means to be systematic. That it's it's thought out. And these politicians and these policymakers think about things like this and then use the public to their advantage and to get into office. And there's this. So thing everyone's called- saying that like, oh, these sheep are protesting. No, you're you, the sheep. You're unaware. <laughs> Read a fucking book. book. Yeah. Because <laughs> you're the one that's being fooled, thinking that oh no, this is just the way things are. And if people are pushing against it, oh, they're just sheep because it's a trend. Yeah. It's not a fucking trend. Yeah. There are lives at risk. Like, And we're actually untangling the system and trying to figure it out. So yeah. we woke as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Nixon leaves, right? And Reagan comes into power. Okay. And Reagan takes this war on drugs and he makes it like a literal war. Like it gets like heightened to a next level, mm-hmm. right? They start really cracking down. And the Democrats are like not using these kind of strategies at this point mm-hmm. right so once the democrats realize that if they want to get into power they need to be hard on crime that's what they do yeah okay so that's how bill clinton got into power he was like we're going to be tough on crime because the democrats lost that battle every single time mm-hmm. if they weren't tough on crime they weren't going to win so then they started changing like well how do we appeal to the yeah, people yeah to the people and that was a way to do it mm-hmm. was to be like we're going to be tough on crime and this and that we're going to put criminals in jail and this and that blah 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 and then in 1994 bill clinton signed a piece of legislation that fucked over the african-american community to a neck like basically he signed a bill that militarized police shaking again yeah i know it's so it's it's there's so much to unpack that it's hard to even explain it but like i just want to get into like the facts before Mm -hmm. we start talking about like what all this stuff means but so bill clinton in 1994 just to win to get into office said that he's gonna be tough on crime then he passes a bill called um the three strikes you're out bill and this bill basically says if you do three felonies you're in jail for life um regardless of the circumstances around it or anything like that and also i think mandatory minimums came around this time as well right and they started funding the police and basically militarizing the police local precincts Mm -hmm. now have swat teams why like these you know like like caps on you should be arresting yeah, like ex- this many people and things right? like that. Right. So yeah. that's a that's a direct example of how policy is trickling down into like police mm-hmm. that instigates or like promotes police violence and brutality mm-hmm. because they're militarizing local police. Yeah. Like by funding them like this, right? And then pushing the rhetoric that putting such a he- like focus on arresting and not like rehabilitating. Mhm. 
So what happens is all this money gets pumped into like law enforcement and building prisons and all this type of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he signed that three strikes and you're out bill, essentially what happened was the system got the justice system got flooded mm-hmm. with um, with so many people in jail now. Right. Also, what happened with this like legislation was that once you were arrested and put into jail, prosecutors started pushing for plea deals. Mm-hmm. Right. So a plea deal is basically them saying if you're if you're um, if you're telling us you're innocent, you need to go to court to prove it and have a trial and have a trial. And if you lose that trial, you're going to get the mandatory minimum which is 30 years or whatever it you're is you're gonna for that get crime. 30 years and you have to serve like 85 percent of that yeah at right least. or mm-hmm. what you can do right now is we'll give you take the pl- take the plea which means you admit to the crime Guilty. Mm-hmm. right even if you didn't do it you admit to the crime and you serve less time and somebody who's arrested and plea deals would be like two three years yeah if you're um a black person who's been arrested for a crime and you're innocent right and let's say you're poor if you're poor, you're not going to be able to afford a good defense. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you have to look at your options now. Do I risk going to trial and risk with a shitty lawyer? Years, yeah. yeah. With a shitty lawyer who's not really going to like be good at his job and not fight for me and not submit proper evidence. And take it to a system that already doesn't give a shit about shit, you. Yeah. Doesn't give a shit about me. Do I do that and get and risk 30 years in jail? Or do I just admit, um, t- take the plea deal, say that I'm guilty even though I'm not. And then I just serve three obviously majority Majority of people people. are gonna take the lesser sentence even if they have done absolutely Absolutely nothing nothing. because at that time those are their two options do i risk it and potentially be in jail for 30 years yeah the rest of my life is gone or do i just admit that i'm guilty serve my couple years and go back to uh, not even go back to my life because then you're labeled a criminal you can't get a job that's a whole yeah you can't like there's so many things you can't break out of as soon as you take a plea deal, you're a criminal. It's on your record and you can't do anything. You can't, there's a, you can't get a job at like a lot of places. You can't rent apartments. You can't, you know, sometimes you can't get food stamps. Like there's so many things you can't do mm-hmm. once you like become a criminal. So it's like des- at every step of the way is designed against you. And for those people who are saying like, well, if they were arrested, they were probably guilty. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong because police and this is an example that we're seeing right now is that police are arresting people based on the color of their skin yeah they are racially profiling people i just saw a tweet like earlier today and it was a guy saying same thing happened to me Mm -hmm. where i was gave a potentially like forged um cash or something to a cashier Mm -hmm. but for me it's a story i laugh at and tell at parties yeah about the time that like the cops mm-hmm. came and checked mm-hmm. for this person it cost them their life, life. yeah and, and this that's is the, the difference and it's this not is the key difference like it's a per a black person walking down the street doesn't have can be just walking down the street and they will be taken down by police just for the fact that they're black yeah look at what happened in central park yeah and it's used against them by yeah. people who are blatantly racist like yeah. oh a black man is here yeah the fact yeah. that she said African-American man is harassing me. Yeah. She knew that she was using a system that is built against this person yeah. who has done nothing to her. Yeah. And the only way he was able to prove that is because it was recorded. Because it was recorded. Yeah. We see so many incidents of this happening that are recorded. I can't even imagine yeah. the people who 
they don't like in the news even when they start to say like oh he was a bird watcher he mm-hmm. like that's irrelevant i mean it like it's it's good yeah you should talk about like how great these people are yeah but who cares if he wasn't yeah even if he was someone who had done like petty crimes or is homeless like mm-hmm. or doesn't have like all this education mm-hmm. that doesn't justify it still yeah yeah so the details of their background are insignificant and it's not happening across the board it's not like every single person who has a forged check or whatever even if like if it is or it isn't doesn't matter mm-hmm. it's not like every person who does that quote-unquote crime yeah is treated the same yeah and that's what the problem is yeah exactly so yeah so back to like the plea deal so mm-hmm. majority of people take these plea deals and what's the stat i think i was reading 97 percent of people in jail right now did not have a trial so just yeah. let that sink in you guys 97 percent of people in jail right now in the united states have not had a trial because the system would be overwhelmed if yeah. they were given the opportunity to hear out yeah. all these people so they're like what can we do to make it so that they don't even want that chance yeah which is offering the plea deals so imagine the amount of people that are locked up right now charged as guilty who are actually innocent and couldn't prove their innocence because they're poor and they can't afford Mm -hmm. good attorneys you guys this entire it was even in that documentary they talk about like how it's more likely for an innocent black man to be in jail than a guilty white yeah person especially if they have money yeah and the reason why they're like saying that if everyone was offered a trial, the system would collapse. The system would collapse because too many people are in jail, because they're arresting too many people, mm-hmm. because they want to fill these jails, because these jails make billions and billions of dollars, and they're so multi multi million dollar contracts that they companies get free labor have. out of them still. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they get free labor out out of them still so it benefits big business to keep these jails full and the way to do that is to arrest black people for anything that you can fucking think of and throw them in jail and then tell them that they can't go to trial and to just stay in jail for two three years instead of 30 years it's just every at every single point their life is difficult Mm -hmm. and we can't sit here and say like oh they should help themselves or they need to the system is stepping on them the system is suffocating them and that's what i really understood in this last like week is what how deep rooted this Mm -hmm. the systematic racism really is and that's why everyone should be crying and everybody should be pissed off Mm -hmm. Because it's just wrong. Yeah. It's just wrong. It's just fucking wrong. And like we talked about how we haven't experienced what they're experiencing. Yeah. We will never understand the level to which yeah. they've gone through this and how it's the system is set up against them. Mm-hmm. The casual racism, of course, that, that's an issue as well. But that's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. It's yeah. not the same thing that we experience. In fact, we've been used. But South Asian people, brown people have been used in North America as a tool to drive a wedge between mm-hmm. the white and black community. Mm-hmm. We've been used to say that, look, there's look at these people. They have two household. They have two parent household families. They're mm-hmm. doing great. Mm-hmm. They 
like go on and get this education. Mm -hmm. Whereas we've been systematically Mm -hmm. selected to only bring in like educated Indian Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. So that was done planned as well. Mm -hmm. So like, let's bring in all these people with like higher education who are likely to do fine. Mm -hmm. And then we don't have to, we have that excuse that it's not racist Mm -hmm. because look, you have this other minority that's not, that's doing fine. Mm -hmm. We can, you don't see that same percentage of Indian people in jail. Mm-hmm. So that means we're not against minorities. Yeah. And the fact that we're being used in a way to oppress a whole group of people, mm-hmm. we should be really fucking angry. Yeah. And we should be doing, and that's our privilege. Yeah. And we should be using that privilege to speak out about this. Yeah, exactly. Just because we're a minority as well doesn't mean that we're excused from speaking out. Speaking out. Yeah. That's exactly why people are protesting in Calgary, Mr. Punchy, is because it's wrong. It's wrong. And it's not just about this one isolated incident. It's about hundreds of years of oppression for these people and speaking out on something that is absolutely wrong. And I know you commented, Mr. Punchy, saying that justice will be served. And this one cop was arrested the day after and justice will be served. But it ultimately won't. Where is the policy? The policy needs to change up top. The fact that this unrest had to happen for him to get served a sentence. Yeah. And at first he was just fired. Mm -hmm. Tells you that the system needs to fucking change and we need to flip it over its head. Like, we can't just say that, oh, you arrested this one guy. That's fine Mm -hmm. because nothing has changed with the system. And again, if people didn't like get up and start talking about it and the whole world didn't cry about it or catch on fire, Mm -hmm. nothing would have been done. Yeah. And nothing will continue to be done. Yeah. And people who don't record will, they'll still continue to change the narrative to fit their stories to oppress the people that they've been trying to oppress. And also, Mr. Punchy, I would just like to point out that he brought up that George Floyd had like a bad rap sheet or whatever. Every single time a um, black male has been, an unarmed black male has been killed during like an arrest. Do you think those cops are checking his record before they pull the trigger yeah in no. those nine minutes while he had his knee on his fucking neck do you think he was like searching up wait should i even be doing this yeah no it's that it's the racism that is taught in the system and promoted in the system that makes these cops react like this because policymakers and people at the top want mm-hmm. they want this they want this to happen so that they that person will get arrested and that person will get put in jail and they'll serve a sentence in jail and business will get profits from it. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's what the movement is about. It's the entire system needs to change and raise and we need to acknowledge the fact that it's because of racism that this system has been go- like and we've been able to thrive. Something that also I was realizing as we were talking about this this week is Think about, like, let's compare mental health institutions mm-hmm. and jails. Jails, yeah. Both these facilities are made to keep people who are, quote unquote, not fit for society mm-hmm. locked away, mm-hmm. separate from everybody else. Mm-hmm. But over the years, we've seen so much mental health reform, mm-hmm. mental inst- reform in mental health institutions mm-hmm. to rehabilitate these people. Mm-hmm. How do we integrate them back into society? How do we address mental health? Why is that not being done in jail? And what's the difference between the population that ends up in mental health institutions today and jail today? Mental health institution is more white people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And when you see a criminal in that does a huge crime, like a mass shooting, 
that's white. They're put into psych wards. They're put into psych wards. Because they can afford lawyers that go to trial for them and fight for them with, um, oh, this person is mentally unfit. Yeah, and 100%, if you think about, like, jails being effective to improve society, social workers should be all over yeah. that. And it's, it's not. It's corrections officers exactly. and police who don't understand human behavior and, and how to deal with And it becomes a self-fulfilling cycle because... Again, now this person is labeled. They go back into society. They can't get a job. Mm -hmm. And even like the whole thing of like uh, in sociology, you have like self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And it's in psychology as well, where if you tell someone that you're like this. Mm -hmm. So if you say that like a black person is more likely to be a criminal, their psych in their psyche, if mm -hmm. they start to believe it and they do like a crime, they label themselves and it becomes a self-fulfilling cycle that they can't break out of. Mm -hmm. And it's of no fault of their own. Mm -hmm. It's because of the way society is set up. Mm -hmm. And in history, when we talked about like how social movements are yeah. what make change, to get a social movement going, like an event like this creates momentum. Mm -hmm. So yeah, people are also talking right now about um, like the pandemic and mm -hmm. we should stay home and we shouldn't be doing this and blah, blah, blah. And that's another thing that they're doing, to, again, drawing attention away from the actual issue mm -hmm. to kind of put down people who are, rightfully angry mm -hmm. um if you have like this a significant event like this that just happened mm -hmm. and the whole world is thinking about it talking mm -hmm. about it mm -hmm. even if you have like this minority that's on the other side mm -hmm. you have this momentum built mm -hmm. you need to act on it mm -hmm. like it needs to keep building and we need to keep going mm -hmm. now no yeah. it's not like you know when we're all quiet and then there's still like those few activists that mm -hmm. are talking about it and mm -hmm. they probably there's activists who have dedicated their lives to this yeah. how often do you have it that the whole world is thinking about the same thing yeah so rare so this is the first we, time we, in, we can't in history. just sit on our asses yeah. and like we were talking about this too like oh you like yes covid is i'm like i'm in public health mm -hmm. i believe in social distancing yeah. i agree mm -hmm. but these people have not been able to, to breathe. freely breathe yeah. and be free for their whole fucking lives. lives. Yeah, and I said, yeah, I said that yesterday. I'm yeah. like, they literally haven't been able to breathe. If people say like, okay, well, if they weren't criminals, if they just worked hard, and that's mm -hmm. where, you know, minorities like us yeah. are used as an example, mm -hmm. where, okay, like, let's just study really hard, get a good education, break mm -hmm. the cycle, and mm -hmm. maybe they wouldn't have this issues. Mm -hmm. Even that's not fucking true. Mm -hmm. Because in, um, so in public health, we know of this thing as a social gradient of health, mm -hmm. which is basically a line that goes, is, how do I show this? Like a straight up yeah, line straight between up line. Um, wealth, status, and health. Mm -hmm. So the richer you are, the higher your status is, the better your health outcome is, the mm -hmm. longer um, you're going to live, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That, so there's this phenomenon that's like been studied in the past few years called diminishing returns. Mm. And it looks at how that gradient doesn't work the same for black people. Mm -hmm. So when black people are improving in their wealth and status, they're not seeing the same amount of returns for it in terms of health. Mm -hmm. So you can have someone who's like a black CEO and a white CEO that makes the same exact amount of money, mm -hmm. lives in the same size house, mm -hmm. enjoys all these material freedoms, but still the black person will have poorer health outcomes. Yeah. And whether it's due to like the discrimination they face in those fields still. So even if they're like rich and powerful, they still face unjust discrimination. Right. So no matter what, like they're not seeing the same improvements in health, even if they do you know, on the surface, break out of this cycle. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not just within poor communities. It's mm -hmm. across the fucking board. Mm -hmm. 
it's crazy bro it's crazy and i was also like i'm also seeing a lot of stuff online about people saying well these are okay so then this goes back to punchy one Mm -hmm. of punchy's responses were nobody agrees with blatant police brutality but look at what the media and paid protesters rioters and looters have turned this into also this is a great example of deflection on mr punchy's part and people who are saying like oh these looters and these rioters and blah 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 like this is bad this is what people like trump want you to want you to focus on Mm -hmm. they want you to watch the news and be like these people are animals because they're they're rioting and looting and we need to stop this so instead of looking at the screen and saying these people are animals and they're savages and they're rioting, looting, they need to do like peaceful. Again, dehumanizing Yeah, them. like dehumanizing them. And then saying they need to peacefully protest. They need to peacefully do this. That narrative, that way of looking at it needs to move to why these people are reacting mm-hmm. like this. And that goes back to learning about their struggle and why we've gotten to this point. And instead of focusing on that part, because a lot of these protesters are actually standing in front of small businesses and telling people not to loot mm-hmm. and telling people not to be violent because it's it is working against them. And they like a lot and of they know, know that. that. And activists know that. Activists know that and people in power know that. People yeah. in power know like if they peacefully protest and they get thousands of people together and they're very, very civil. Yeah what's that going to do for us people are going to question us we can't let that happen yeah so how do we make it so that we can paint them as the bad guy again yeah and this is what they're doing and this is what they're doing in the media is that they're they're posting video of like rioters and looters and they're not posting the part of the protest where they will they were peaceful and then being attacked by police because mm-hmm. there's plenty of video online on twitter that you guys can see where people are literally standing there and police start tear gassing them and shooting like rubber bullets at them for no reason okay Mm -hmm. so really like question everything that you see first of all and then also like this goes back to what's easier Mm -hmm. it's easier for me to turn on the screen and be like oh these people are fucking crazy they're just rioting and looting that's not the way to do it and then turn the tv off and go about my day Mm -hmm. it's harder for me to look at that and be like why are they doing this and then learning about it yeah that's harder to do and it's easier for us to turn the other way and not give a fuck and and again it's easier to justify the actions that you're already taking so if your actions right now are being silent um not doing anything about it never thinking about it you can justify continuing to do that yeah. if you say that what they're doing, doing is, is wrong. wrong. Like yeah. the looting is wrong, whatever, looting, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And you don't think about the why. Yeah. Versus, holy shit, I haven't acknowledged my privilege and mm. I'm now 36 years old. Yeah. And I have a lot of backtracking to do, learning to do, mm. work to do, mm-hmm. to be a better person. person. Yeah. And that's, that's hard. And that's what people like Trump and people like Punchy, Punchy. are counting on. Mm-hmm. If you are even slightly open to learning a little bit more, watch 13th. Yeah, watch 13th. Literally, make some popcorn, sit on the TV and fucking watch 13th. And if you're... Because the, you cried when you saw that movie last yeah. night. This chick was crying on the couch. It's just like when you see it, like you can't do anything else but be like angry and almost paralyzed. And we talked about this too. Like, yeah. okay, we know now all of a sudden like we we know like so much more than we did even like the model minority thing is something that Mm -hmm. i never really Mm -hmm. like faced before the past couple weeks Mm -hmm. um but now it's like okay now we're in this position we have all this information 
And then when you learn how deep rooted this shit is mm-hmm. and how it's been like continuing and this just one form of slavery to the next, mm-hmm. you become almost almost pla- pla- almost paralyzed. paralyzed. Like yeah. I can't even fucking talk. <laughs> um, like what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. Like this is so above me. Mm-hmm. And now th- sit there and think about it. What is like one person supposed to do? What is this one community supposed to do? We all have to do something. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way like when we were talking about they're so high up there the people who Mm -hmm. are in charge of these changes and stuff that like a community that's like pissed against them Mm -hmm. will not affect them yeah we have to like start looking into like how can we change policy Mm -hmm. and if you look at history again it's this unrest that's gonna do it and social movement stay vigilant like you said Mm -hmm. because it does go from one form to the other so if this movement like keeps going and we're able to you know, like end this era of mass incarceration, mm-hmm. which would be amazing. Mm-hmm. We have to still stay vigilant. Like, what are they going to do next? Do, yeah, because that's yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened with like slavery. Mm-hmm. It changed to convict leasing. Then it changed to Jim Crow. Mm-hmm. Now it's at mass incarceration. What's next? And a lot of political activists that are fighting this movement, not like fighting, sorry, that are fighting for this movement say that there will be another system. Mm-hmm. And we need to stay vigilant. We mm-hmm. have to be aware. Everybody has to be aware. If you see something that looks wrong to you, that's racist, call it out. Yeah. And it's call okay it that you like, like you didn't, a lot of these people who really care didn't choose to have this privilege. Yeah. We didn't choose to be the wedge. We mm-hmm. didn't, but how are you going to use that now? Uh, yeah. You have to use it. Yeah. And I, actually I was reading this article last night which i thought was really interesting because i really wanted to get like the outlook on like violent versus non-violent protests and there's this professor in the states that studies um protests right Mm -hmm. and he's like so the reason um a lot of these civil rights movement leaders advocate for um non-violent protests is because Nonviolent protests are much more dangerous to the oppressor because it garners the sympathy of the public. Mm-hmm. So if you're on TV, if, if you're watching TV, right, and you see a group of peaceful protesters and police just mourning, yeah, yeah. just mourning and peep and police charge them on like just completely unprovoked and start attacking them. The person on the TV watching that will be like, what the fuck this is wrong they should what the fuck are the police doing this and that right Mm -hmm. then when it's time to vote their vote will shift in favor of the people that were being violated Mm -hmm. okay so this is what happened during the civil rights movement when um martin luther king was like leading these protests and stuff they would strategically plan their peaceful protests in towns where chiefs were known to be trigger happy Mm -hmm. where the chiefs of that town were impulsive okay right so they would plan their protests like so they would go there and be peaceful and risk their lives Mm -hmm. and people on tv would see it and they would garner the sympathy of the people and what they found actually after when studying this this like professor was like what we found is that when the protesters were violent the vote of modern moderate democrats moved to republican wow so that's what trump right now is hoping for mm-hmm. is those people that are in the med- like middle that are not like republicans but they're not like really really democratic mm-hmm. those people are gonna watch the news 
and the media is pumping rioters and looters on the screens Mm -hmm. and they're going to be like this is wrong we need law and order Mm -hmm. we need to vote for trump so that is why people need to be aware of how they're thinking and not to let media and politicians whole narrative against yeah built this whole because the obviously peaceful protest Mm -hmm. is the way to go and even the daughter of martin luther king has been saying like obviously we advocate for peaceful protest actually tweeted out this great thing that i want to like read to you guys is she tweeted out saying so this guy was like this is a protest and posts a picture of martin luther king walking Mm -hmm. right peacefully and she replies to him being like it would be great if folks were as zealous about evoking my father to eradicate racism as they are about evoking him to criticize how people respond to racism. Mm-hmm. So Punchy, instead of getting mad for people at how they're reacting to racism, why don't get mad that people are racist? Yeah. And how should we... Like, that needs to be the focus here. And how should we address that across the board? Not just in this one incident, because that's not what it's limited to. Yeah. It's, there's just so many things to unpack here. Like and we could go on for hours. We've been talking about this for four days straight. Yeah, and we've talked had like lengthy conversations. Like, oh, yeah. we should have just recorded the podcast yeah. right now because we talked about it for hours. Hours, for, you guys, yeah. is hours and hours. And it's, but it's easy to talk to someone who's on the same page as exactly, you. Exactly. Yeah. And it's so hard to talk to someone who has an opposing opinion. But that's why it's really important for like us, like to become more educated. Mm-hmm on the topic because the more you know on like an education like the more education you have you can approach it from a rational point of view Mm -hmm. and explain to this person like why their thinking is like problematic but how we tend to communicate is not like that though yeah so that was the thing you were talking about about metaphor so there's a psychologist um called jonathan Haidt, and he has this metaphor that's like the elephant and the rider and Mm -hmm. that's how he explains how our like brain and our intuition works Mm -hmm. Um, so most people, so think of how big an elephant is Mm -hmm. and the riders on top of it. So he explains the elephant is your intuition and to change someone's mind. What we tend to do is speak to their rider. Mm -hmm. So we tell them like all, first of all, we tell them you're wrong. Mm -hmm. So now their elephant slash intuition, emotional thinking has turned away from you Mm -hmm. because they're like, Oh, this person doesn't agree with me. I already kind of like, am not into this conversation. Yeah. And then you start talking to their rider and the way we do that is tell them all these facts. Facts, yeah. Like here is all the reasons you're wrong. Here is all the reasons I'm right. Mm-hmm. But how it's impossible to get the rider to tune into you when their elephant has turned away. Mm-hmm. Instead, like if you come from a place like of understanding of why do you think like this? And mm-hmm. this we have this problem with our parents for multiple issues mm-hmm. not just like race but so many things. Mm-hmm. But also race where we're like trying we, if we come from a place like oh you grew up like this like mm-hmm. blah, blah blah i get it because of what you've been taught so far mm-hmm. but he, and then they kind of start to tune in mm-hmm. get their elephant to lean in a little bit mm-hmm. and then you can start talking about, about everything that you know yeah but you have to come from this like and it's again so hard when it's it comes so to, to sensitive do. topics that to you are so obvious mm-hmm. and to some people like punchy they're not yeah it's so yeah. hard not to punchy punch in the face. Punchy in the damn McFace. <laughs> Instead, put your fucking fist down yeah. and talk to them and yeah. say, you know what? Like maybe you haven't been exposed to this. Like mm-hmm. 
guaranteed like you're saying like, he did, has doesn't know about the systematic yeah oppression and racism and his only because like he's thinking about it as them. this one incident mm-hmm. so he's finding everything to fit fit what he already believes yes and it's just like i don't even know like there's no like clear like obviously there's no blueprint on how to like deal with this mm-hmm. you know i mean african-american people have been trying to deal with this since the 1800s and obviously there's been tremendous progress but it's not as much as it should have been because we should we shouldn't be here right now mm-hmm. we shouldn't be here this right now but we are yet. and it's so hard to like but i really think like education and learning somebody's struggle and trying to ep- empathize with them is really what's gonna like help you and them at the same time it's gonna help everybody and, and it's it can just- start like i know it's overwhelming too and a lot of people like mm-hmm. are in a place where their mental health is like yeah. taking a toll right now there's yeah. so much going on and there it's this constant like mm-hmm. negative news because there's other than the potential chance to make a change which we have mm-hmm. so that's a positive that you can think about mm-hmm. is like horrible things have happened but look at what majority of the world mm-hmm. is on this side that topic yeah and focus on like the small things you can do like mm-hmm. start opening up those conversations start recognizing it in your own communities mm-hmm. call it out like mm-hmm. I just got okay. I, I'm I'm just gonna give this example of something that was sent to me today. Mm-hmm. So my friend is a, is a business owner, and he had and this is in Calgary, you guys, okay? And he has a um, employee that works from him for him, and he and he's a young black man, okay? And he goes, I've been trying to. He messages me today, and he goes, I've been trying to help this guy get an apartment because he's having a hard time with landlords, right? He's like, I gave him a letter of employment, his pay stubs, everything that he needs, all of his references, check out. He even, my friend even offered to co-sign the lease agreement, mm-hmm. okay? And they sent all this information to this landlord, mm-hmm. who's a white lady, and she messages him saying, after viewing all the documentation, he will not be a good fit for our pop- property. Thanks for your interest, Okay. So now, now, you know, he could have been like, thank you so much or like not said anything and just started looking for a new, like another place. Right. But instead, my friend messages this white lady back saying, in what sense did he not fit all the requirements? He provided all the relevant information and filled all your requirements, had first month's rent and was able to stay for the term you requested. Let's be honest. He isn't a good fit for you because he's a young black male employed by a successful minority business. There's no other reason for him not being a fit because he checks all the requirements. We will gladly take our money elsewhere. Just a shame that you had to make a young kid feel that way. You should specify on your listing that lighter skin tone is a requirement so we wouldn't have to waste our time. Good luck. That's what you need to start doing. What is the reason for this person is not a good fit? Or if there was truly a gap in something that they needed, they would have said, hey, actually, we need this one reference or hey, actually, we need this like yeah. documentation. They didn't even give the chance. Yeah. They just said it's not a good fit. Thanks for your interest. And the reason why she so easily said that is because she's probably gotten away with it hundreds of times. times. Yeah. To just decide, pick and choose who they want. Yeah. Based on superficial things like that. So people who say. And all, but now that he's called her out. She's, she's like, gonna think twice. She's gonna think twice before she's the next time she sends just that. Yeah. That he's not a good fit. Yeah. Or she's not a good fit. And this type of like racism, you guys, like it's it's embedded in people's psyche. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's obviously it's gonna take generations for that negative like 
like that racism to leave their like psyche. But if we don't change the systems that allow for this racism to happen, then next generation, it's not going to change. Mm-hmm. It need the change needs to come from the top in in order to allow people to progress. But even being aware that mm-hmm. it's in there is like a first step. To yeah, yeah. Being aware of it, start to break that and down. starting to call people out. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like it like this is in calgary bro so people who are saying that we don't have this kind of racism in canada blah blah also we don't have this kind of racism in canada the central park fucking lady that was gonna call the cops on an african-american bird watcher that bitch is canadian yeah (laughs) she is canadian she's from here we raised her we yeah She's from here. So to say that it's not a Canadian problem. The indigenous population yeah. in Canada. Yeah. The same systematic oppression is happening here. Mm-hmm. Like we can't just say that it's not an issue and it's happening to black people here and it's happening to indigenous people mm-hmm. here. Like and again, it's with the system just being set up mm-hmm. against them. Yeah. And if we just keep going on about our days and say, oh, it's the law. So that it must mm-hmm. be right. No. Because they're not just crying for no reason. They're not screaming for no reason. There's a reason for it. So like listen to them. If anything that you guys take from this podcast, watch the documentary Mm -hmm. The 13th. Um, Yeah, you will be shook. Even if you know it already, Mm -hmm. even if you know the facts, you know the timeline, like just watch watch, it. Just watch it all the way that they lay it you out know, is like it, it, it yeah just watch it just watch it and i promise you you'll have more of of an understanding of what's happening right now mm-hmm. all right guys thank you so much thank you for letting me get my anger out <laughs> yeah coaches don't, don't play, play. <laughs> <laughs> and i'm just gonna end this podcast off with a line so i'm reading malcolm x's uh, autobiography right now i'm learning I'm lingering adult. You can read? I can, yo, I can read, bro. I just want to leave you guys with a line from Malcolm X. One day, may we all meet together in the light of understanding. Hey, guys. If you check out the episode details on this episode that you're listening to, I'm going to provide a list of resources that you guys can check out. Uh, movies to watch, books to read, people to follow, um, to learn more about the Black Lives Matter movement in um, the U.S., Also, um, a few resources that you guys can read or check out about systematic racism um, in different countries. So check that out. And if you have something to add on that list, just DM me and I'll add it to the list. Um, All right. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.